Well, last weekend we had just a fantastic uh, school of supernatural. People filled with the Holy Spirit, encouraged, prophesied over, healed. And among those people that were healed was uh, on the Saturday was a woman who was quite deaf. And she wrote into us this week, and I want to just read you her letter. She says, I wanted to wait a few days to try out my new ears to hear what I had been missing out on. I came home with great excitement on Saturday and I wanted just to sit a while outside and listen to the birds before I saw my family. Once inside, all four of my children ran up for cuddles and of course they were the first ones I had to share my great news with. I sat with them on the bed and one by one asked them to whisper to me something that in the past I wouldn't have been able to understand unless my ear was right next to them. I repeated what they had said and asked for them to whisper even quieter again. I repeated what I had heard. My eight-year-old was asking what I was doing. I said, well, God gave me new ears. He sat up and said, what? God gave you new ears? It was really funny. I explained about how I needed hearing aids and that due to my amazing hearing, I can now hear. I am still smiling from ear to ear. Being able to hear the kids in the back of the car yesterday was something else I noticed. I'm sure I will notice more and more, like being in the lounge and hearing the clock in the kitchen. Didn't hear that before. Sometimes words just don't seem enough when you want to thank someone. However, in this case, I truly hope they do. Life is a journey, and sometimes, most certainly, a very difficult one. God is good. Even when we don't understand him, thank you for sharing with me. I really appreciate it. Warmest regards and huge hugs. How good is that? So God just broke into her life with an amazing miracle of healing, and we, we all need a breakthrough in one area or another. And if you think you don't need a breakthrough, then you definitely need one, because every one of us needs a closer, more powerful, impacting relationship with God. And I'm so pleased that one of the names that describes God's attributes is the God of the Breakthrough. Uh, we're in a season of divine acceleration where God's moving and intervening supernaturally and he's breaking through in people's lives and it's absolutely fantastic to get te testimonies like that one from last week. So the question is in this season, what situations will God break through into? What situations should we expect a breakthrough for? And the first one that I saw that we need a breakthrough in is when we are under attack and it's... Actually, this situation is the first one that we see in the Bible where God of the Breakthrough is mentioned. So 1 Chronicles 14.8, if you've got it, it'll be up on the um, screen behind me. And it says this, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in force, full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. So David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called ba Baal Perazim. As waters Break out. How many people have seen that, um, that old World War II film, The Dam Busters? Put your hands up. Oh, 
A lot of the oldies did, basically, yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of us oldies have, but um, it, it's the story of a British squadron that send uh, Lancaster bombers to attack the German war machine by bombing, basically, their dams, and they created special bombs to do this, round bombs that would skip over the water. And so the planes came in at night, flying about 30 meters above the um, dam water, and then they dropped their bombs and pulled out, and the bombs skipped across the, the water and dropped down the side of the dam and exploded underwater. And the scene that I remember more than anything else was this, um, the, the squadron leader coming in, flying in, flak going all around, drops the, drops the bomb, pulls out, the bomb skips across the water, drops down, and then there's this huge explosion of water behind the dam. And nothing seems to happen. And then they, the, um, they pan round to the front of the dam, and you see this tiny crack, and then a little spurt of water, then a bit of concrete flies out, and then suddenly a huge gush of water comes as the whole front of the dam absolutely collapses. And whenever I um, read that passage, as waters break out, God has broken out um, against my enemies. I, I think of that dam just starting off with a small trickle of water, just a small sign, and then the whole front of that dam exploding. And by the way, that put the um, German war effort back months and months and months and months and months uh, and did irreparable damage, basically, uh, to their production. But every name or place or object in Hebrew has a meaning. And the word Baal Perizim literally means Lord of many breakthroughs. God is a God of many breakthroughs. It's interesting that David's problems uh, started with his being anointed as king of Israel, but also prior to that, David decides to bring back the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. And the Ark represents the presence of God. The, the enemy hates it when we pursue God's presence because the enemy knows that with God with us, victory is absolutely assured. And when David uh, prayed about what he should do, God answered him, told him that he would deliver the enemy into David's hands. And the thing I like about King David, especially in those early years, in that early season of his life, is that he always sought the Lord. He was God-reliant. When the same enemy came and attacked again, David didn't just presume that God was going to break through for him, but he prayed again, and God gave him a different strategy for victory. And that always reminds me to never be complacent, but in every situation, in every circumstance, take your request to God, and then the Bible tells us that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts and our minds focused on him, because we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities that absolutely hate you. They want to see you destroyed, but 
Every problem that we have is an opportunity to cast our cares on the Lord. How many people this week have had problems? Besides me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every one of us have problems, but every problem is an opportunity to cast our cares on the Lord and an opportunity for him to break through. About nine years ago, I was in the Gold Coast. I had traveled across there because the Australian Assemblies of God executive were meeting with the New Zealand Assemblies of God executive, and it was, a, um, it was quite a momentous occasion because our executives hadn't met together before, and out of those meetings came some uh, fantastic accords of how we would work better together. The Australian Assemblies of God are the largest Pentecostal denomination in Australia, uh, of course, the key church in the AOG in Australia is Hillsong Church. And um, the New Zealand Assemblies of God are the largest Pentecostal denomination in New Zealand. And getting together, it was just an absolute fantastic um, strategic time. I remember about the second night, I was in my hotel room, 12th floor, looking out over the Gold Coast waters and uh, thinking, how good is all this? Went to bed. And I woke up a few hours later, and I was absolutely gripped with fear. I had never, ever had a panic attack in all my life. But this time, it was like my insides were turned upside down. Um, it was just, if any of you have ever had a panic attack, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was just absolutely, absolutely horrific. It was, the, the fear was so strong uh, that... I could hardly pray. It was like someone just had, just had a hold of me. And all I could do, all I could do was to pray in tongues. And I prayed in tongues as best as I knew. I, I knew this wasn't a medical condition. I wasn't on any medicine at the time. Uh, I knew that this was an attack from the enemy. And so I just took that stand as best as I could in that situation. And after about 20 minutes this um, terrible, gripping fear left. Now, my Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. That's the promise. But I still had to apply the promise to my situation to get the victory. And uh, God was very, very gracious, and I got through that, and... Uh, I got victory, but it says in Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. And from time to time, we can get oppressed by the devil. Uh, from time to time, the devil can just put stuff on us that we don't deserve. From time to time, the devil will just... Send assignments against you, and we need to be able to recognize that and take a stand against that. You might feel like you're under attack this morning in your relationships, or in your workplace, or in your health, or in your finances. But as you seek God, remember and remind yourself that He's the God of many breakthroughs, and He will have a fresh strategy for victory. So don't give up. God can make a way where there is no way. He is never blindsided. He is never checkmated. He always has one more move for you to make. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as he gave David victories back then, he gives everyone who seeks him with faith victory today. Amen? Amen. So the second situation that I see uh, that God wants just to break it through into is when we have been waiting for a long time. Have you been waiting for a breakthrough for a long time? Well, take encouragement from this particular uh, verse in John chapter 5 and starting verse 1, and it's a well-known one. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well. And whatever disease he had, um, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. You know, the three years of Jesus' ministry was a time of just supernatural breakthrough and this man after waiting and waiting and waiting for 38 years finally when Jesus comes and intervenes this crippled man is completely healed the the problem with long-standing conditions is that we get used to them And we begin to accept the condition. We make allowances to live with the condition. And sometimes our passion to see that condition dealt with diminishes over time. And while it's admirable to wait patiently, we aren't supposed to just wait and do nothing. I mean, how many people here have been given prophetic words that are yet to come to pass in your life. Yeah, a whole, whole bunch of us. We need to ask what God would want us to do next to see that prophetic word come to pass. I mean, it's our season. It, it's our time. It's time to pray again and to believe again, to dream again, to take hold of those long-forgotten promises again and expect God to fulfill them. There is a time and there is a season for everything. And we're in that time where God is moving by the power of His Holy Spirit. We're in that time where He says to us, draw near to God and I'll draw near to you. It's in his presence that chains are broken, that captives are set free. And we're in that season where we're seeing more and more and more a release of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that only one man waiting by the pool was healed by Jesus that we know of. 
But as we read through the Gospels, every person that came to Jesus looking for healing got healed. In the preceding verses, a ruler comes to Jesus and begs him to heal his son who is dying. He didn't wait for Jesus to come to him. In his desperation, the ruler came to Jesus and Jesus, seeing his faith, healed his son. And when I read that, I always think to myself, Don, how desperate are you right now to see a breakthrough in your life? How desperate are we to get closer to God? How desperate are we to see the Holy Spirit move in our neighborhoods and in our places of work? In Mark chapter 5, a woman had been sick for 12 years. She'd been bleeding. She spent all her money on doctors, but no one doctor could heal her. But when she heard Jesus was coming, she pushes through the crowd to Jesus because she thought, if I could just touch his cloak, I'd be healed. Now, lots of other people in that crowd were bumping into Jesus. But as soon as this woman touched Jesus' cloak in faith, power flowed out of Jesus to her and she was healed. Don't wait 38 years for healing. Go to Jesus now. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. And the God of breakthroughs will visit you. In this era, we can expect breakthrough in our situations and circumstances. Third area that I see that God wants to deliver breakthrough in is when the enemy has stolen from you. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Satan is a master thief. But God is an even greater restorer of what's been stolen. We read in 1 Samuel 30 that the Amalekites raided and destroyed David's town of Ziglan. They burned it to the ground. They took everything. They took all the wives. They took all the children. They took all of anything that was worth anything they took. And when David and his mighty men came and found their town absolutely obliterated, the Bible tells us that they just cried and cried and cried. And while David's mighty men were looking to blame someone and they were looking to stone David being the leader for what had happened, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And as he sought God, God said, pursue them for you will recover it all. And if we were to read that passage, we would see that not only did they recover everything that the enemy had taken, but they recovered far more. They had an abundance of plunder, so much plunder that David was able to send gifts to his friend in Judah. And that was actually the beginning of David's golden era. Short time later, he's crowned king. There was accelerated blessing. There was momentum. You know, I've been praying probably every day for the last five years for our church that God would restore those things that the enemy has taken from us. And we've had prophetic words to that effect as well. But when will I stop praying? When we see the results. 
of our prayer. And I know there's a number of others of you who are praying in that manner as well, praying that God will restore what the enemy has taken. And if the enemy has ravaged your family, if he's ravaged your life, if he's ravaged your finances, if he's ravaged your health, if he's stolen from you, don't just lie down and accept it. But start asking God for a divine breakthrough. Believe him to not just restore what the enemy has stolen, but to give you much, much more in return. Amen? Amen. But it's up to us. The promises are there. We have to apply them. The fourth area that I see that we should be expecting God to move in and to break through in is when a nation is in a dark time. One of the most important areas in which we can see breakthrough in is in seeing our nation reach with the gospel and the great commission fulfilled. In history and in scripture, awakenings, revivals happened when nations were in great darkness, just where New Zealand is today. We need God to break through to reach the nation. Amen. I remember when I was at university back in the 70s, there was a film called The Graduate. And that film back then was an R18. Uh, Today, that film is a PG. There has been a slide in our moral fiber as a nation. In 1970, in my seven formal year, 13 year, uh, my school was on a, uh, a bio field trip and we were down at Port Waikato and we were uh, investigating an estuarine environment and we're doing all the things that you do in, in biology class. But uh, we got kicked out of our residence there uh, because the police came in and set up base where we were supposed to be staying. Uh, They were there because there had been a double murder. The crews, Lee and Harvey uh, crew, had been murdered. And this was just such a huge, huge, huge event in New Zealand life because two people had been killed at once. I mean, we uh, we could list on one hand the number of people who had been killed over the last five years. There was about one murder a year back then in the early 70s. Today, there is more than one murder a week in our nation. We have gone down in terms of our moral fiber in every way. We need God to break through. And reach our nation. One of the revivals that I love reading about is the Welsh Revival. You know, there was 100,000 saved in five months. Revival swept into England. Two million were saved. In America, Atlantic City, with a population of 60,000, they say that not even 50 people uh, refused to turn to Jesus. Historians estimate that 20 million people were saved as revival swept through America, starting off in Wales. In, in Welsh, in the Welsh revival, for a time, crime disappeared. Uh, No rapes, no robberies, no murders, no burglaries. Drunkenness was halved. Judges had no cases to try. Police had nothing to do. 
How would you like that? <laughs> and it was interesting. Uh, I still remember old Cyril, who died a number of years ago, um, coming to me with um, newspaper clippings that his father had given him uh, because they were part of the Welsh revival. And it was just so exciting to see what God was, had done. And what God did then, he can do today. What God did in Wales, he could do uh, in New Zealand. We desperately need God to break through in our nation. We need to recognize what God is doing and start praying. At the Friday night prayer meeting, and by the way, prayer meeting is back to Thursday night this coming week, I text um, my friend, the Reverend Jonathan Young, who's the MP for New Plymouth, and I said, Jonathan, how many Christians are there that you know in Parliament at the moment? And he said, there's about 20 of us. And uh, my prayer has been that God will raise up more and more and more righteous men for our parliament. And so whether you are a national supporter or a Labour supporter or a Green supporter or a New Zealand First supporter, whatever, please pray that God will raise the level of righteousness in our parliament that we would have godly leaders who would have an ear to hear what God is saying because righteousness will exalt a nation. And the more people that we have in parliament who know that Jesus is Lord, who can hear his voice, the more likely we are to get policies that will reflect the heart and the culture of God. Amen? So pray, pray for outstanding uh, Christian parliamentarians that will have a greater impact on the leading of our country. And we have got some fantastic people at the moment in there. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That promise has not changed people. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we get together, as we pray, as we begin to get desperate, God can move. The final thing that I see that is a candidacy for God breaking through into situations and circumstances is when people have lost hope. Some of you will know of Thomas Edison, who was the greatest inventor of the late 19th, early 20th century. He held over a 1,000 U.S. patents. He invented the light bulb, sound recording, the phonograph, motion pictures, power distribution, the fluoroscope. He was just an absolute amazing inventor. Initially, Edison struggled at school. He had dyslexia, amongst other issues, and one day, young Thomas Edison came home and gave a letter to his mother, and he told her, my teacher gave me this letter and told me to only give it to my mother. And his mother opened the letter, and she cried as she read the letter out to Thomas. She said, the teacher says your son is a genius. This school is too small for him and doesn't have enough good teachers for training him. Please teach him yourself. And so she did. She homeschooled her son. Many years after Edison's mother died, 
and he was now one of the greatest inventors of the century. Edison was looking through old family things, and he, he found a folded letter in the corner of a drawer of a desk, and he took it out, and he opened it, and it was the note from the school teacher, and he read it. The note says, Your son is addled, which means mentally ill. We won't let him come to school anymore. Edison cried for hours, and then he wrote in his diary, Thomas Alva Edison was an adult child that by a hero mother became the genius of the century. <clears throat> you know, Edison's teachers had given up, and they had lost hope in him. But Edison's mother never lost hope. And she spoke words of life and hope into her son, always encouraging him. And her words became like prophecies that came true. And there are people here who have lost hope through situations and circumstances. There are people here who know people who have lost hope. Well, God is the God of the breakthrough. Uh, let's just watch this dramatization of uh, prophetic vision given to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And then God gives Ezekiel the interpretation of the prophetic vision. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O oh, my people. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you 
in your own land, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. There are people here who have lost hope through situations and circumstances in your life. But God's saying to you this morning, I'm the God of the breakthrough. I am the one who can take a lack of hope, can speak hope into your situation and circumstances. I'm the one who can break through for you. I'm the one who can build you up. In fact, in Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are lacking hope this morning, hear the word of the Lord. The God of hope will fill you with hope so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's have the musicians, let's have the ministry team, please. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now unto him who is able to do, in the Amplified, it says, far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. See, people, the God of many breakthroughs is living in you. The God of many breakthroughs is the one that says, out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This is Jesus talking about the Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that is within you. Just wanting to break through, break out, lift you up, give you hope. One of the things I've found over life is that if a person is fractured on the inside, then everything on the outside gets fractured as well. But if a person is healthy, and well on the inside, then everything on the outside amazingly gets healthy and well as well. In fact, doesn't it say in Jude that prayer, which says, Beloved, I pray above all else that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. If you want to get healthy on the outside, get healthy on the inside. And the one who gives us health on the inside is the God of the breakthroughs, the God of hope, the one who gave His only Son so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Why don't you stand with me this morning?